from MPB Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens, where we discuss issues involving your children as they're growing up. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. Pimples. Just about every teenager and adults have to deal with this annoying problem. Is your teen struggling with acne right now? What are the options for treatment and why do we get acne? We'll be answering those questions and more as we talk about acne this morning with Dr. Katie Mitchell and Dr. John Bridges, two of our senior med peds residents at UMMC. Share your comments and questions with us this morning by giving us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can send us an email at kids at mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens and MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. Acne is one of those nagging things that can affect just about all of us as we go through the teenage years, and sometimes even in adulthood. Most of the time, it's just a nuisance, but it can have effects in the way we're perceived by others and how we look at ourselves. So today, we're going to be talking about acne, what are some causes, how do we treat it. We'd love to hear any comments and questions that you have, so give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 Or you can always send us an email at kids at mpbonline.com. So today we have Dr. Katie Mitchell and Dr. John Bridges on with us. They are also internal medicine and pediatric doctors at UMMC as well. And so they're going to help us in our discussion about acne because we see acne all the time in our clinic. Um, It is very, very common. I would say it's pretty much something that we address at all our teenage visits um, when they come in for their checkups for the teenagers because it's a problem for pretty much everybody at some point, some more than others. Um, And we'll talk a little bit about that and uh, when we need to step up treatment and maybe send to a dermatologist as well. So tell us, excuse me, tell us a little bit about acne and how common it is and when do you start seeing acne? Absolutely. So acne is the most common skin condition in the United States. So it's something we see all the time, like we've already said. Um, You can see it as young as two, but primarily you're going to see it around that age of puberty, which may be, you know, ages uh, nine or so in boys and girls. You may see that they start having some little pores on the side of their nose, and that's where some of these sebaceous glands are that Dr. Bridges is going to talk about that are the culprits behind uh, this acne that we get that goes along with all these changes in hormones. And then you may see it even into adulthood. Um, some people may not have had such a problem as teenagers, and it may be early adulthood that they start having these difficulties. But um, all in all, reported that it affects about 70 to 87 percent of all teenagers. Um, So if you think of your high school classroom, that's nearly everyone that's in there that has some form of acne. Um, It may be varying degrees, and we'll talk about that and how we treat it. Um, So you can see that um, teenage years are hard, but everyone's going through it at the same time. You may not realize how much they are. Yeah, so we we usually see it, uh, like Dr. Mitchell said, starting in puberty. But, you know, you can see it actually a couple of years just before puberty starts because I'll have some 9- and 10-year-olds. I'm sure y'all have seen it as well come into the clinic, and their parents mention they already have pimples. So you have to kind of start those talks a little early, too, and make sure you're teaching your children, even before puberty, how important hygiene is and washing your face at least twice a day in the morning and at night because it starts early, um, you know, even as early as 9 and 10 years old. So, uh, Dr. Bridges, tell us a little bit about why we see acne and why it does tend to be worse during those pubertal and teenage years. Sure. So, like Dr. Mitchell said, our culprit here is the sebaceous gland. So, these are uh, not glands like you think of some of your other glands, like your thyroid or your adrenal glands. They're not big old organs in your body, but these are tiny little parts of hair follicles and kind of part of your skin uh, there you have a bunch of them uh, on your face uh, especially around kind of your eyebrows your nose and either side of your nose what we call the t-zone so if you think about a t overlying 
uh, your face that goes across your eyebrows and then down your nose. That's where most of these sebaceous glands are living. And sebaceous glands have a good purpose. Um, They're there to produce what's called sebum. So sebaceous gland produces sebum that helps keep your skin nice and moisturized, uh, avoids cracking, and, and kind of helps protect that barrier. But when a child starts to hit puberty and starts to have hormonal changes, those hormones affect the sebaceous glands and cause them to change. So it causes the sebum that it produces to change in its chemistry and also makes it more likely that the follicles uh, that the sebum's kind of coming out of get clogged more often. That clogging can cause some acne on its own. And then if you've got some of the bacteria that normally live on your skin get trapped in there, they can create some more inflammation than your skin is used to that can cause the different type of uh, acne forms that we see. So that's uh, kind of the pathophysiology or why that happens. Uh, And it gets triggered by those hormones um, around puberty is why, right? Those early teen years when the hormones are starting to spike up before you've seen some of the other changes of puberty um, is when this starts happening. We're talking today about acne. We've got Dr. Katie Mitchell and Dr. John Bridges, who are also internal medicine and pediatric doctors at UMMC, own with us. Um, we see a lot of acne in our clinic. And so uh, while we are not experts at treating it with a dermatologist, we do treat a ton of it. Uh, we'd love to hear any comments and questions. So give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So we kind of talked about why we tend to get those, um, why we tend to develop acne, but there's a lot of different uh, skin changes that you'll see in acne. There's blackheads, there's whiteheads, there's cysts. Um, So tell us a little bit about what those are and what the difference is. Okay, so there are uh, a couple different types. So the like you said, the, the I guess, layperson's term for it, we've got cysts, we've got blackheads and whiteheads. And so the blackheads and whiteheads are a similar process that has to do with that extra sebum and some of those cellular contents coming into the hair follicle and getting stuck there. Um, if they have a overlying layer of cells over top of it, it typically looks like a whitehead. It's got some pus in there um, that can cause that color too. And then if it is open um, and you just see the dark uh, kind of cellular bits in there, that's a blackhead. Uh, and so we can call those comedones open or closed. That's our fancy medical term for them. Um, but we commonly call them whiteheads or blackheads. Now, if you have that bacteria, particular the particular bacteria we're worried about on our skin that causes acne most commonly is propionobacterium acnes. That's a $10 word for you today. Um, But it's got acne in the name, so it causes acne, right? That's easy to remember. So if that gets involved and starts increasing inflammation, you'll have more of those red um, and cystic changes with your acne. And sometimes if that acne is bad enough, those um, kind of inflammatory changes can spread under the skin and create some tracts. And uh, that type of acne, inflammatory acne, is much more likely to cause scarring. Uh, and we kind of tend to grade that more on the moderate and severe scale of things if you have inflammation with your acne. Yeah, and that inflammatory <clears throat> acne with the cysts and the nodules, that's the one that tends to cause the scarring. Um, those blackheads and whiteheads, while they they are a nuisance and um, they can be very frustrating, they're usually a lot easier I guess, to treat in a way and don't tend to cause as much scarring. Um, So those cysts tend to be the ones that people tend to be most frustrated with because they are a little bit harder to treat, um, a little more extensive treatment involved, and they tend to cause the scarring as well. So um, acne, where are some common places that we would see acne in our teenagers? That would be on our face, chest, back. Um, These are going to be the most common areas that you're going to see. You know, we're mainly focused on the face, and sometimes we forget about our chest and our back that may have some of these glands as well. If we don't wash these areas, if we're super active playing sports and sweating a lot and we're not doing, you know, taking showers at night after these events, then we can see a flare-up in those areas too. 
Yeah. So some of the washes and things that we use for our face, it's also good to use um, for our teenagers that have problems on their back, on their chest. Uh, we kind of forget about that sometimes mm-hmm. because the face is the what most exposed. Uh, you know, your chest and back, you don't necessarily always see, maybe in the summertime some. Um, so a lot of times those tend to be kind of forgotten about. So it's important to make sure that when you're teaching your child to pr- proper hygiene for washing their face a couple of times a day, and what kind of products you're going to use. You also want to make sure that you remind them not to forget their chest and back, um, which we all should wash when we shower. But, you know, you could proper, you may need to use a different kind of shampoo or cleanser for that um, because those are very common areas that we see, particularly mostly like the upper back and upper chest area. Um, but it can be all over your back. It, it definitely can be. So... So yeah, acne very common. Uh, we'd love to hear any comments and questions from us uh, from you. So give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can always send us an email at kids at mpbonline.org. Looks like we have a caller, so we'll go to Jim. Thanks for calling, Jim. Good morning, everybody. I uh, maybe you can help me settle a bet between my seventeen-year-old daughter and me on whether chocolate causes acne to flare up. Yeah, so go ahead, Dr. Mitchell. So we don't really have the best evidence to support that it does. Um, Certain people may feel that um, certain foods may worsen their acne and want to avoid it, but we don't have that hard, fast uh, scientific evidence to tell us that it does, unfortunately. But that is a very common myth um, that a lot of people will say if they eat a lot of chocolate that they may see it. And that may be attributed to other factors in their life. Are they eating chocolate because that's associated with a certain time of the month if they're a female or certain stressors? And so the chocolate may be a side product and not really the, the cause. Got you. Well, since she's in school, she didn't hear this answer. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no thanks so much for your call, Jim. So we're talking today about acne, um, the different causes and treatments. We'd love to hear any comments and questions that you may have. So give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 So it's important to know what causes the acne because that kind of helps us figure out how we're going to treat it, you know, and it's good to classify what kind of acne it is, whether it's mild, moderate, severe, Um, and we kind of base that on what type of acne lesions we're seeing, so those whiteheads, blackheads, cysts that Dr. Bridges was talking about earlier, Um, but we treat based off of how severe the acne is and what type of acne um, we are seeing, so that's why it's so important that uh, we do a full exam and talk to your doctor about what lesions are on your child's face so we can help you figure out exactly what medications are going to be work for you. So Jim mentioned a good thing. uh, Chocolate is a very common thing that we hear a lot that could be causing and leading leading to acne or making acne worse. So tell us a few things that we do know that make acne worse. Okay, so one of the things Dr. Mitchell already mentioned when she was talking about areas of the body that can be affected by acne. So especially in teenagers that are playing sports, wearing tight fitting or kind of irritating clothing on some of those areas where acne can happen. So our face, our chest, our back um, can make acne worse. So the classic example is a teenage football player's chin strap um, can really irritate and and worsen acne and, and aggravate it. Um, Other things that can make acne worse, and this is probably the hardest message to get across to my teenage patients, is messing with their face or, you know, picking or popping at those pimples. A teenager wakes up in the morning and they see a new acne lesion on their face, and the first thing they want to do is get rid of it as much as they can so they, you know, mess with it, try to express something out of it. Um, And all this is really doing is driving that acne those inflammatory changes, if that's what's going on, kind of deeper into the skin and making things worse. Now, it's, you know, it's very hard to do. It takes a lot of self-discipline to let those things be, but that will help it pass faster and make it less likely to form something like a cyst or communication. So we're talking today about acne. Uh, give us a call and let us know your questions or comments. one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We've got a couple of callers, so we'll go next to Matt. Thanks for calling, Matt. 
Yes, thank you for uh, taking my call. I had a quick question about Accutane. Uh, when I was uh, probably about 15 years ago when I was in high school, I had to take Accutane for severe acne, and I kept having to get my blood checked and all sorts of checkups. I was just wondering, is there any long-term medical conditions associated with Accutane? So Accutane is one of the um, – that, thanks for the question, Matt. That's a, a good question. Accutane is a common medicine that's used, but it's typically not one of the first things we go to. It's for more um, severe acne, and it involves a lot of blood work, uh, frequent checkups like you mentioned. Um, and so the things that your doctor, when you were taking it, what they were looking for was they were probably checking your liver function just to make sure um, that your liver was – metabolizing that medicine great and wasn't having any side effects. That's one of the big side effects we look for. As far as, like I said, it's a pretty commonly used medicine, so we've had a lot of patients on it, and there we don't have any good evidence to support that there's any long-term liver damage um, or any nerve damage, anything like that. But if you ever had liver problems, that would be a good thing to bring up to your doctor at that time is, hey, back when I was a teenager, I took Accutane for however many, however many months. Um, but there's nothing as far as long-term effects. It's actually a pretty well-tolerated medicine. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for your call. We'll go next to V. Thanks for calling today. Yes. My question is, um, I've had blackheads around the lower lip for years, and I was wondering what kind of treatment should I receive? Yeah, so there's lots of different medicines out there that we could use for the blackheads. Um, one of the first common things that we, we can use, and I'm not sure what all you have tried, there's some creams that you can get over the counter um, that are the benzyl peroxide. Uh, that's probably the most common. Um, and then because blackheads are what we consider usually pretty mild, I guess it would depend on the extent of them. Uh, but benzyl peroxide is one of the most common ones that you can use and it's easy to get because it's over the counter um the retinoids is the other um one that we use a lot for our mild acne uh you there is a new one well it's actually not new it's been around for a long time but it's new to over the counter i guess i should say but the different gel um and so it's readily available as well and that's something that you can get over the counter and treat Otherwise, I would suggest talking to your doctor about some of the stronger prescription medications we could use um, that include benzoyl peroxides, retinoids, um, and then also maybe some antibiotics. You probably not for the blackheads necessarily, but it you know be something to talk to your doctor about. So, what was the name of that gel, please? Differin gel, D I F F E R I N. The benzoyl peroxide is probably a little bit cheaper. Um, the different gel is a little more pricey because it has been a medication that you had to have a prescription for and has recently gone over the counter. So it's still a little more pricey, um, but it does work really well. Yes, I've tried the, the benzoyl peroxide, but the, you know, the blackheads seem to be, they're, they're hard. They're not, you know, able, I'm not able to push the the inside out, so... Yeah, it, it may be that you need to try a retinoid, um, and that's just a, one of the Retin-A, a vitamin A, you know, a retin, excuse me, retinoid topicals uh, that you can get over the counter uh, is the different. Otherwise, you're going to have to get to get a stronger prescription. You may have to go see your uh, doctor to write you a prescription for it. Yes, once I went to the doctor and he lanced the, um, I think it was, a, I don't know if it was a blackhead or what it was. He lanced it. Yeah, maybe it was a cyst. I'm not sure exactly. Usually, sometimes they'll have to lance some cysts, especially if the cyst gets inflamed. Um, that can be pretty painful. Uh, so a lot yeah. of times they'll lance it and open it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is a good product just to clean? I noticed the pores are clogged. You can see the blackness um, in the skin. What is something good to um, clean the pores. Yeah, the so there are a lot of products out there that um, you know can be used. The big thing that you're looking for when you're looking for a face wash, if you have acne, is something that says non-comedogenic. So that means essentially doesn't cause acne, um, and it has to do with the the ingredients of 
the toner or wash that you're using to make sure it's not something that will contribute to the clogging of your pores, but will actually help um, those pores stay unclogged and help prevent acne. So that's the kind of the most important thing, regardless of what brand or what scent, things like that. So if it's non-comedogenic, typically unscented stuff uh, is probably better to go towards, but just say non-acne causing or non-comedogenic is where the money's at. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for your call. There are also some washes out there that have like salicylic acid and benzoyl peroxide washes as well um, that tend to work really well, but you have to be careful using that with creams because they can really dry your face out. So um, like Dr. Bridges was saying, those gentle cleansers that are non-comedogenic, a lot of times if you're using a lot of creams, those are probably going to be better options for you. We're talking today about acne. Uh, give us a call with any comments or questions that you may have. One eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We'll go next to Jonathan. Thanks for calling, Jonathan. Hey, how's it going? Good. What's your question? Well, I got body acne, and I've had it for as long as I can remember, and uh, it gets better with antibiotic uh, soap. But I was wanting to know if there's any way I could ever not have to get antibiotic soap to fight this acne and be done and over with. So how long have you been dealing with it? Uh, For several years. I haven't really been to a doctor to see about it because it's just been a a nuisance. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know... I seem to be losing the battle now. So. Seem to be losing. I think um, just like Dr. McLeod was saying a moment ago, if you've been trying all of the things that you can get over the counter using these acne washes, you've clearly been trying some of the antibiotic creams. And if those things don't seem to be doing the trick, then talking to your doctor and some, you know, at that point it may be beneficial to even see a dermatologist if there's something else that you could be put on, maybe even some of these oral medications if um, you're having such uh, persistent acne that's not responding to a lot of the treatments that we offer. Um, And it sounds like you've been doing a lot of the good things that we um, expect you to do. So it may be the point to talk to your doctor about what's the next step. Well, the last time I did talk, I talked to a general practitioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they prescribed me some uh, body cream stuff for it. But uh, and to be honest, I know I should use it, but I've never. It's more of a hassle for me to use, I guess, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Oh yeah. Uh, then, and there are uh, some. Gonna, go ahead. Go ahead. There are some options that you know. You've got the the creams that are available over the counter. You've got the creams or topical agents that can be prescribed. And then the next step past that is medicines by mouth. Um, And so it's some of the similar medicines that we use topically in those creams. But sometimes if that's not doing the trick, then, uh, you know, taking an oral antibiotic uh, for a certain amount of time can um, help uh, a lot of folks. If that doesn't work, then that's the point where you, you know, should probably be being seen by a dermatologist and talking about other options if you need to go to some of the uh, later stage medicines, things like that. Well, uh, might I ask, uh, would the cream really solve it? Because I think I could deal with having to do the extra trouble uh, if it actually solves it. But the last time I tried it, it it, it went away for a little bit and then came right back. I think the biggest thing with acne treatment is you've got to establish a good routine, and this needs to be the routine every day. Um, You're always going to come in contact with things that are going to flare up your acne. So when you find that good face wash that you like, when you find the creams and gels that work for you, knowing to do those every single day and not trying to miss days. Um, Because what happens if we kind of slack a little bit when it gets better, well, then it comes back and you're kind of always on that uphill battle. Um, So if you can find a good routine and stick with that routine for several months and see how that does. So it's kind of a, you know, not a sprint. It's more of a jog um, type thing. So you've just got to stay with it, stay persistent. And it can be very tiring because it's a lot of work every day. Um, But if you can find something routine and consistent, then I do think it would help. Well, thanks very much. Yeah, thanks for your call. Good luck. 
And, you know, a lot of our adults, we do see adults with acne as well. It's not just teenagers, um, especially women, because it's a lot of it is hormonal, but it happens in men as well, um, adult men as well. And it's sometimes it's just a battle that people have to fight, just like any other skin condition, unfortunately. Um, So some people are a little more prone to that and have that oily skin uh, than others. And so, like they said, it's something that you got to kind of just consider just like any other skin condition and do the regimen every day um to get the full effects of it yeah and it takes about like at least six weeks if not a couple months like um dr mitchell mentioned for a new medicine for acne to actually take full effect so you've been trying a medicine for two weeks and haven't really seen it change your acne uh the you know you just got to bear down and and keep going with it um that's the hard part there is to see if that actually works for you because even topical medicine, sometimes that's all a patient needs um, to control their acne is to be disciplined about their regimen and stay on a topical regimen, um, like Dr. Mitchell said. So take heart and, and keep going. We're talking today about acne. We'd love to hear any questions and comments that you may have. So give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We'll go next to Bryce. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. I had uh, my daughter's 11 years old, and she was, she has what I would classify as maybe medium uh, acne problem um, as far as severity. But uh, we took her to a dermatologist, and um, he recommended a different cream, which she's been using now, and um, said kind of just what you just said, that you need to continue to use it. doesn't really start working until about the three-month mark, and you need to make sure you continue to do it. Um But one thing he did tell us, and I just wanted to kind of double-check this, is he told her that that acne was caused 100% by um, genetics and had nothing to do with cleanliness of your skin or touching your face or what you eat. Um, So now she thinks that she doesn't really have to wash her face as much as we tell her to. (laughs) And I'm just trying to find out exactly how how accurate that that is because it seems to go the opposite direction of everything we've ever been told. Um, about how to prevent acne. So, I'll, and I can take the, uh, the answer off the air. I just wanted to ask that. <laughs> so. Yeah, so you're you're putting us in a tough spot. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to disagree with the dermatologist who's, uh, uh, you know, an expert in this. Like, we, you know, we treat a lot of acne, but we're, we're internal medicine and pediatricians um, for the most part. Um, and I think, I imagine what your dermatologist was trying to do was address some of the psychosocial issues that go along with acne. If you think about, if you remember back to your teenage years, you know, you were pretty uh, worried about your appearance, concerned about your appearance, your self-esteem was constantly in flux. And so one of the things we want to make sure that a teenager with acne hears is that this isn't their fault and that, you know, if we can be on the same side of this together and it's us versus this disease process that we typically get better buy-in from our patients and can help them more. Um, So I imagine that was where your dermatologist was kind of aiming that conversation. We don't have huge evidence-based studies to say that touching your face often makes acne worse or that not washing versus washing your face makes acne worse. Uh, We just think that using uh, gentle cleansers probably twice a day and trying to avoid bringing more bacteria from your hands to your face, you know, makes sense that it doesn't, uh, that it would probably help avoid some worsening acne flares. uh, But we don't have 100% evidence to say whether or not um, that's the case. He does bring up, up a good point that there is a very strong genetic basis for acne. It tends to run in families. Um, so it's kind of just the cards you're dealt um, when you're born and, and what happens when you hit puberty uh, with acne. But washing your face is important, though, because, you know, you want to make sure that you're getting that excess dirt and oil and things like that off your face. Um, but it's not the only thing. But it's definitely, you know, there's lots of different parts and factors that play into acne and the causes and the treatments. Um, So it is very important to to wash your face. It's part of your treatment regimen, just like putting the different gel on would be. But like Dr. Bridges said, it's not the only thing um, that if you don't do this, it's not going to get better. But it's definitely part of the regimen for sure. We'll go next to Ed. Thanks for calling, Ed. Hi, I'm calling in response to a guy that had the body acne. Uh-huh. Um, I used to have uh, issues with that on my shoulders and my backside. 
And uh, I got it better by using a loofah pad on a on a on a handle on my shoulders, and then a loofah pad on my butt, and scrubbing pretty hard. And then uh, when I got out of the shower, would splash astringent on it to minimize the pores, and then put moisturizer on it, and it got significantly better. Just I guess really cleaning it good, minimizing the pores, and putting a moisturizer on it. That's just a that's what worked for me. Yeah, no, that's great tips. Yeah, that's kind of like what I was saying. You know, it's it's important to make sure you're washing your face and washing your um, back and shoulders and chest area where you get tend to get the acne prone because you want to make sure you're removing that excess dirt and oil that we all get on our skin at the end of the day. Um, and so, and then the toners, you mentioned uh, an important thing too, the astringents or toners that you can get. A lot of times those come with like acne packages, things like Proactive or all the different things that um, people use for um, acne treatment. Toner or astringents are always usually a part of those because what that's doing is it's just also helping kind of get off that excess dirt and oil. Um, so just like washing. So if you didn't get it all off with the soap that you use, the uh, toners tend to help with that a little bit as well. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely an important part of treating acne. Okay. Thank so you. I'll call and let him know. Thanks. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. those tips. Those were great. We'll take a quick break. We're talking about acne today with Dr. Bridges and Dr. Mitchell, and we've had some great calls, and we'd love to hear from you. So give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send us an email at kids at mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. Today we've got Dr. Katie Mitchell and Dr. John Bridges own with us today. They are both internal medicine and pediatric doctors at UMMC as well. And we're talking about acne, something that we see a lot in our kids and teens as well as some of our adult patients. It's a very frustrating skin illness that we see a lot um, and so I'm sure many of you have, have experience with that as well so we'd love to hear any questions or comments that you may have so give us a call at one mpb ring that's one 672 7464 or you can send us an email at kids at mpbonline.org so we've got a couple more callers so we'll go next to Pam thanks for calling Pam Hi. Yeah. What's your question? I just well, um, I just wanted to kind of share my experience and you know ask if there was something uh, else that I could do. I'm 67 years old and I have battled acne, and of course I had the you know regular acne on my face uh, as a teenager, um, but I have been plagued with acne on my backside like the gentleman that called a few uh, a minute ago. And I have been to dermatologist after dermatologist. I have been put on Accutane two or three times. And I used, as a child, I used to have cysts all the time. I don't have those anymore. But I still am plagued with the acne on my backside. And, I mean, I'm a registered nurse. I know, I mean, I clean myself. I do everything, and I'm like I said, I'm 57 years old, and I'm still fighting it every day of my life. That sounds very frustrating, and um, I can only imagine how 
how hard that must be to deal with, especially having to fight that battle your whole life. It sounds like you've done um, all the appropriate treatments. You know, like uh, one of our callers earlier asked about Accutane, and that's kind of one of our things that we use for very severe acne that we've had a really hard time treating. Uh, one thing I would suggest, and I'm, I feel certain probably they've done this before, is just make sure that there's no other reason you could be having acne. You know, so there are some uh, different hormonal things that could cause that. There are some right, medications, yeah. side effects, right. and things like that, just to make sure that they've done an extensive background check for all of that stuff as well. Right. And I'm on thyroid medicine, and I take a lot of medication. Um, but, like I said, it's, it's followed me my entire life. I, my mom and her sisters, that I noticed that they were plagued with, you know, teenage acne. But no one, not my mom, not anybody in my family has been plagued with this except me. Yeah. And um, I just, I've done everything over the course of my life to try to rid myself of it. And it's still there. And I guess I'll go to my grave with it. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully maybe they can come up with some regimen. You know, even our adults as we get older, particularly our women, um, when they get acne as they're adults, it's a lot of times hormonal. So sometimes right. uh, trying to control those hormones. So there's some medicines right. out there like birth control. There's spironolactone that also blocks some hormones. And those tend to work right. better um, in our adult women in particular so i'm not sure if you've tried any of those i know you said you're 57 so sometimes hormones aren't as you know but it's not necessarily the estrogen and progesterone it's mostly the androgens um that tend to make that worse and so that's what those medicines are affecting is particularly the spironolactone okay so i'm not sure if you've ever tried that Yeah, that may be something you could talk to your doctor about and see. It's a spironolactone is a um, we use it a lot for blood pressure. It's also a diuretic medicine, so sometimes we use it for people um, to help pull some fluid off. Uh, But it does have those effects of blocking some of the androgen or the hormone, and so it sometimes helps, especially adults with acne. We use it some in our kids, our teenagers as well, but a lot of adults tend to get on that as you get a little bit older. Okay, so that may be one you could talk to somebody about. Okay, I, I will do that. I yes. thank you so much. And good luck. I hope they can find something a solution for you. Thank you. I enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, thank Bye-bye. you for your call. Uh, we'll go next to Jonathan. Thanks for calling, hey. Jonathan. Thanks for having me. My 8-year-old complains of leg pain in one of his legs periodically, and it's usually in the morning when he wakes. It's pretty consistent. It's almost every day. Um I don't see anything on his leg. It seems to be joint pain, and uh, it's kind of odd. Uh, So I thought I'd call in about it. Yeah, so that's a pretty common uh, complaint that we see in our kids, especially our growing kids. Around 8 is probably right about the time we kind of start seeing them complain about it, 8, 9, 10, somewhere around there. Um, Is it both legs, or is it one leg? Um, It seems to be just one leg. And I'm a little bit hypervigilant because I work at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. So Yeah, yeah. So, yes, we understand. (laughs) We're in the medical field. It's that, you know, you definitely always think of all the bad potential things first. But um, I would say leg pain is a very common complaint. Uh, We see that a lot. Most of the time it's in our growing kids. And a lot of times it's more just growing pains. And we don't really have a good explanation for that and why that happens. So I'll tell you some of the side. Of, uh, some of the symptoms that we see with growing pains, a lot of times it's both legs, but it can be one more than the other. Um, and a lot of times there's really no trigger for it. So that'll just be when they're laying in bed at night or it could be any time through the day. So it's not necessarily um, one particular time of the day that you would see the growing pains. They can happen at any point. Um, and there's not a ton you can do for it. A lot of times just like rubbing their legs down, maybe giving them some Motrin or Advil tends to help a little bit. But it, the thing about growing pains is it doesn't really interfere with their, you know, their daily function. So, yeah, it may make them kind of ache for a little bit, but they're still able to go about their day. They're not limping or anything like that. 
Um, some other things that I would say look for would be any kind of what we call systemic signs. So signs of like fever or chills or sweats, anything like that that could be going on, because that could mean something else is going on in that bone um, and not just some growing pain. So any kind of systemic symptoms, fever, chills, weight loss, um, definitely if they have a limp. Um, that could be another thing to look for. But I would say a lot of times we have a, we have this complaint a lot. And most of the time, 99% of the time, it's going to be growing pains. But Great, if it keeps going on or if it's any of those other signs that we were talking about, I would definitely go get them checked out. All right. Thanks for your help today. Yeah, thanks for your call. So we've been talking about acne with Dr. Mitchell and Dr. Bridges, and we'd love to hear any comments and questions that you have. So give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 So we've talked about uh, a little bit about what makes acne worse. Tell us a few more things that can make your acne worse. So some of the things that we also hinted on, um, one of the things, uh, washing your face too often or with very harsh soaps, um, they can dry your skin out. They can make them very red. Um, so that can also inflame and worsen your acne. The tight clothing with the equipment, sports equipment, things like that. Um, your menstrual cycle. So if you imagine the hormones that go along with puberty, then you imagine the hormone changes that happen during um, those monthly cycles. So that can worsen your acne. Um, touching your face and mainly that it's because you're transferring other bacteria, oils from your face, uh, from your hands to your face that could then potentially go on and clog up those pores further. Um, we talked about the popping the pimples, um, even though that's always what you want to do. Just try to refrain from doing that. Um and stress. So periods of high stress that also affects, you know, your hormone imbalance in your body. And so you can have some worsening acne during that time as well. Um, so those are pretty common. And again, we talked about the certain foods. We've not really had any proven links to that. Um, again, you know, chocolate and things like that may be actually associated with those times of the months um, that you eat you eat more chocolate and then you notice your face is worse, but was it really from the chocolate? And a lot of times it's not. But if you ever notice something consistent, then it's okay to avoid those. Um, and like we said, it can run in families. Um, and another thing to think about too is oily creams and lotions. Um, so just be careful of any of the facial products you're getting. If you're putting a lot of thick, heavy creams on your face multiple times a day, those can also get in there and plug up those cores. pores. And same thing with during the teenage years, you know, you think about girls or, you know, boys too sometimes if they've got bad acne or looking into makeup. Uh, makeup doesn't cause acne all the time. It really depends on what type of makeup you're using. So just like with the lotions, looking for stuff that is non-comedogenic or non-acne causing uh, and oil-free, so things that won't contribute to clogging up those pores, uh, isn't necessarily a bad thing to do if the patient wants to, if your kiddo wants to. And why it's so important for the lotions, because a lot of these treatments for acne, if you've done them before, uh, both our topicals and sometimes even our oral medicines will really dry your skin out. Um, And especially if you're doing medicines like the Accutane, like our caller called in earlier about, it makes you dry all over. If you know anybody that's ever taken Accutane, it's not just your face. Um, And so if, you know, make sure that when you do put on a lotion, because your face is dry and red and irritated from your acne medications, it's okay to use a moisturizer along with your acne creams and different topicals that you're using. But you just want to make sure that, like they said, it says non-comedogenic. A lot of them will even say non-acne forming. Um, So just make sure you look for that label when you're trying to pick out your lotion, um, especially if you're being treated and your face is getting really irritated by all the different creams. So we'll go next to Joseph. Thanks for calling, Joseph. Hey, uh, I heard about the nurse, that the 67-year-old female with the uh, bad acne on her on her bottom. Uh-huh. Well, uh, she's got a complicated situation. I've been f- I'm fighting it on my back for a long time, and I'm sure she's tried lots of stuff. She's gotten some relief from some things. She's constantly scratching because it's a folliculitis. It's terrible folliculitis. And she's constantly excoriating the skin. She's constantly cracking the skin, and, and she's getting secondary infections from Staph aureus and Streptopyogenes. Now, I went through an Augmentin and a Bactroban. 
Mm-hmm. And it takes about four months for you to grow out new skin if you can keep your fingers off of it. So anti-itch cream, the best one that I found in, in any store runners in Walmart is when they have the 25% off of the Gold Bond uh, anti-itch cream. Now, they have two, two different kinds. They've got a 4% lidocaine that really will work, but don't get it on a mucosal surface. And they also have one that's menthol, and then it's some sort of another topical antacidic combined with 1% menthol. And it's Gold Bond brand, and it does work. About $3.78 a tube. Oh, thank you so much for those tips. I'm glad you figured out what works for you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you can definitely, by picking and scratching too much, you can get those secondary infections like he was talking about. And um, a lot of times you do have to get on antibiotics for those. So it's it's very important trying not to pick and scratch. Um, But it is a very hard, it's so tempting to not um, pop and scratch and all the different things when those do come up. But thanks for those tips. Um, We'll go next to Linda. Thanks for calling, Linda. Yes, I'm calling about my 14-year-old grandson. He is beginning to have some breakout. And his, um, I think it was just his pediatrician that my daughter asked about it. And he recommended these old Clearasil, um, I don't know, they're kind of medicated pads, I guess, to clean his face. And that was all. And my daughter, when she was a teen, she had a breakout, and she was given an antibiotic, which cleared it up, and she never had any other problems. And I do notice that my son-in-law has some scarring. Obviously, he had issues as a teen. So I'm just concerned about whether they're doing enough preventive uh, for him right now by just using those little clear cell had things yeah that's a great question so like we talked about earlier acne definitely runs in families so kind of picking up on your clues from what you know of your daughter's history and uh your son-in-law is is definitely depending you know will help uh you decide what your grandson's uh acne fighting uh problems are going to be uh typically we like to start with the least invasive medicine we can so that's probably why the pediatrician went with just the topical um, things. I think the most important thing from your perspective and probably mom and dad's perspective is getting grandson to try those out and be pretty diligent with using those pads. And then mm-hmm. if things don't get better, going to see the pediatrician again, because that is the point where we say, okay, this step didn't work. What do we go to next? And so that may right. mean something like your daughter used with oral antibiotics. That is a step that we go to after we've used some of the topical creams, topical antibiotics. Um, but the best way to help your grandson be able to communicate that to his doctor is to get him to actually do it for, you know, diligently for that amount of time and be able to follow Mm -hmm. up uh, closely so that we can say that definitively didn't work. We need to go to the next option. Uh Uh-huh. And so you recommend the pediatrician as opposed to now going to a dermatologist? I think that's perfectly fine for now. I mean, you know, uh, you can always float that idea when you follow up with the pediatrician and say, hey, you know, we're worried that this is going to get worse before it gets better. We've tried these things. Would you mind Mm -hmm. if we went ahead and saw a dermatologist? Um, Pediatricians can certainly prescribe topicals and some of the oral antibiotics. But once you get past that, when you're talking about some of the medicines like Accutane, some of the heavier hitters, that is much more dermatologist uh, territory. Uh, So if you think you're headed in that direction, that's a great time to go ahead and get plugged in with a dermatologist. Okay. Well, good. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for your Uh call. Uh Uh-huh. And that's great that you're being proactive about it and going in and starting as early as you can. Um, trying, even if it is just the mild over-the-counter treatments for the acne, being proactive about it as they're younger so you can stay on top of it so that hopefully you can prevent it from getting worse. But sometimes that's inevitable and it's going to happen. So at least you have a plan in place and you're aware and you can talk to your doctor about those concerns. And if you want to go to a dermatologist, um, which we definitely refer a lot to dermatology, but you know, internal medicine doctors and pediatric doctors, family medicine doctors, we, we treat acne all the time in our clinic. Um, But I think most of us know when to throw the towel in and say we need to confer with the experts and send you over to the dermatologist as well. But if you ever have a concern, definitely voice it to your doctor and ask for that referral. 
So one thing, you know, we've we've mentioned this several times when we've been talking about acne and the treatment, but the biggest thing I want to make sure to reiterate um, is be patient with the treatment because it is not something that you can fix and cure overnight. Um, and if, like many of our callers have talked about, they've struggled with this, you know that it takes a while. Um, I mean, it, you can see some results in, you know, six to eight weeks, but really to see the full effects is probably going to be at least three months. Um, so make sure that you're patient. Make sure that you're very diligent. As we've mentioned before, um, you have to do the regimen every day um, because if you skip and you go a couple of times without doing it, then that becomes a habit of not doing it all the time. And then you're just creating that cycle and making it harder to treat. So make sure that you do it every single day, which is really hard to do for teenagers. Um, So you may, I know teenagers, you kind of try to stay out a little bit and let them be adults, but make sure that you are encouraging them to use their creams and their washes and everything like that as well. Um, A few other things, you know, make sure that you're following the directions for your creams. Uh, You know, try not to um, go overboard with them. Too much of a good thing can be bad as well. So, you know, it doesn't take much with these creams that we use. A lot of times it just takes like a little small pea-sized amount, and that actually covers your whole face. As we've mentioned before, a lot of these creams are drying and irritating to the skin. Um, So a little goes a long way with that. So, you know, just like everything in life, too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. So try not to overuse it. Same thing like we talked about earlier, washing your face too much can actually irritate your skin too. So it's very important to wash your face and to wash your back and your chest um, or anywhere that is affected by the acne with a good cleanser. Um, But a little too much scrubbing can be a bad thing because it can also irritate your skin and make that worse as well. And the other thing I would suggest is, you know, encourage your child and teenager that is suffering with acne, you know, that it's okay. Other people are going through this as well, and we're going to make it better. We're going to do what we can. We'll talk to our doctors. We'll go to the dermatologist. You know, what we can do to make it better. Everybody struggles with acne, I think, at some point in their life. I know I certainly have. Um And I think Dr. Mitchell and Dr. Bridges both nodded that they have as well. So it's something that we all, unfortunately, have to go through. I guess it's kind of a rite of passage as a teenager, which trying to tell your teenager that can be hard sometimes. Um, But, you know, make sure you're encouraging them not only to use their creams, but that we're going to get it better and everybody's going through this and you're not alone. Um, because it can definitely affect their self-esteem, uh, and it can be a hard thing to deal with sometimes. So we've had a great discussion about acne. Thank you all so much for coming on with us today, Dr. Mitchell and Dr. Bridges. Um, thanks, everyone, for your calls today as well. We've had some wonderful calls and some great t- uh, tips that some people had out there helping handle and deal with their acne as well. This has been Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and generous support from listeners like you. Today's show was engineered by Jay White. Thanks to our special guests, Dr. Katie Mitchell and Dr. John Bridges. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod. Join us next Thursday at 11 for Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. And stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio.